We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week uh, 17 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, coming from my basement. This is not my basement. This is, if, some, if you think this is real, this is not everybody. Uh, <laughs> this is how my basement looks like. I wish it did. Uh, Ian, coming from uh, Ian. Where exactly? I'm trying to figure out who's in relation to you, whose house this could be. I'm a little stumped. Is this like a grandmother's house? What are oh, we looking at here? fiance's parents easy there man all They're right not quite at that stage just yet but i actually did think that that was your piano and uh, your lovely backdrop the first time that i saw it <laughs> i so wish i've since uh been reminded but yeah man week 17 got some uh fantasy football championship season long obviously on the line but plenty of goodness dfs talk about as well what is the fiance's parents what do they think of this is what you have to do is this like cool cool for them or no they're uh both um they're also both journalists so it kind of works mm-hmm. out they get it to an extent but yeah they um yeah they approve so it works all right let's uh jump into this uh, in case you are new probably not uh we go through ian's article first here it is over at pro football focus it is the mismatch manifesto he matches a lot of offensive statistics with defensive ones trying to come up with good matches for us either in the sports betting world or in DFS. Uh, first thing we look at, explosive play rate. Lots of ways to play this. Longest yard props, uh, DFS tournament long shots, or just players who have high ceilings. What are we looking at this weekend? Some of the best passing games. We got the Dolphins, the 49ers, Jaguars, Bears, Lions, and Packers, all with an 18% combined rate or higher, which is pretty good, even relative to other weeks like this. So just a few notes on that. Brock Purdy, four extended appearances, multiple touchdowns in each and every one. I know Kittle's been the one catching him lately, but wouldn't sleep on Brandon Ayuk finally getting right against a Raiders team and like who knows what they're going to be playing like now without Derek Carr in the picture. I know he's on offense, but let's face it, defense hasn't exactly been scared 
scary in their own right. We've seen the Houston Texans actually be much better against the pass than the run this year, but I don't know. It's one of those things where I still think a good lethal passing attack is capable of taking them down, and that's what Trevor Lawrence and company have looked like, save for that last Thursday night game where the weather was so bad that there wasn't much they could do. So maybe getting off that Travis Etienne chalk, attacking that passing game could make a little sense. Then also just with Miami, I mean, we've seen this offense with Teddy Bridgewater and to a lesser extent, Skylar Thompson still keep on keeping on. The one interesting part is the target distribution in the three Teddy Bridgewater games. It was like 36 targets to Tyreek Hill and the next closest one is Jalen Waddle all the way down at 18. So it does seem like in a small sample, they've been much more willing to completely force feed Tyreek. I don't think there's really anyone in the NFL or on the Patriots capable of slowing him down when he's getting all those opportunities. Uh, you mentioned this Jacksonville game. Let's go over real quick at the top. So this is Friday. As far as we know, Jacksonville is supposed to play all their starters. I was talking, I do like a prop show on Tuesday uh, with Chief, part of the prop shop here at Roto-Grinders. But I looked at it. There's like this outside chance that even if they lose next week, they can still make the playoffs if they win. But to me, the only game that's playing in that 1 o'clock window that matters to them is that Miami-New England game. So if Miami loses that one, that's the only one that has any sort of significance in their time frame when they're playing that game. I think they're full go. Do you have any other different read than that on Jacksonville? No, I think you're right, man. Like again, Doug Peterson was, I know we have that example from a couple of years ago where the Eagles did rest their starters when Peterson was there, but you know, judging from some of the Twitter comments, which you can always just completely, you know, trust with that. It did seem like that might've been a call that was made by Howie Roseman, the GM more so than anything. So I tend to believe Doug Peterson. It's not like we're seeing any of these guys listed on the injury report with even phantom issues at this point. So while the Titans did make that move, I do think it was more so based in Henry legitimately being banged up. And then as we, we saw with the quarterback situation actually seeing the better person even though he'd only been on the team for eight days replacing an ineffective Malik Willis so it's scary but I do think we'll get the Jacksonville guys for as long as they need to be out there which again uh even if it is a blowout after three quarters gotta score a lot of points before we get to that point all right let's go to pace games with a lot of snaps looks like one Denver at Kansas City we'll have to see what Denver does but yeah. we know KC is more than capable of putting up points a couple slow games Washington in that San Francisco at Las Vegas game. Uh, what are we standing out? Any Anything we can read into this chart this weekend? Not a ton. I mean, even the Broncos KC game, we did see Denver. I mean, that was arguably Russell Wilson's best game of the season. That uh, comeback he had that unfortunately he got concussed before he could have a true chance of completing it against the Broncos a few weeks ago. But again, once you just remove the head coach, it's, Hey, we saw in Carolina, you know, it kind of triggered a nice little turnaround, but it's one of those things that in general, it's been such a bad offense this year. I wouldn't read too much into it. The Browns Washington game is what's interesting to me because Watson, his numbers have been terrible this year. Even when you add some, context to it that said like last week three drop touchdowns alone that Bengals game we played a couple of weeks ago there were a lot of drops down the stretch where I don't think that Watson has played great even accounting for that but he is seemingly getting a little better and he's getting close so at a minimum I don't hate the idea of going to a Carson Wentz with a McLaurin or Dawson and Curtis Samuel lest we forget in those six seven games that Wentz played three top six fantasy finishes and then with a bring back either Amari Cooper who I think a lot of people are already on or maybe a Don from People Jones David Njoku guys that we've still seen put up pretty solid games with Watson under center and again the guy hasn't even been playing great football yet I'm on Brian Robinson a ton on the prop sites. We'll have to see what his line opens up. But underdog dropped it at 60 and a half. Uh, let's just say I put some real American dollars on that. That was on, this, yeah. that, was on, that was on Monday night for rushing. I'm expecting okay. it to open pretty high. The sports yeah. books have kept it off, um, but I'm keeping my eye on that. Anything below 70, I might 
press even more on that one. I think that's fine because, again, it is a good matchup at home, and he's been dominating the early down work even before the Gibson injury. I would just say last week when Gibson got hurt, I mean, Jonathan Williams was the one taking all the pass down work, so wouldn't get completely carried away. I mean, I do think he warrants top 15, and the guys he's around there with, like Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, Travis Etienne, if you want to play Brian Robinson ahead of those guys, I do think the workload is close enough, but I don't think, you know, I, I got to start sick question about like Ramondre Stevenson versus Brian Robinson. There's still a handful, even two handfuls of guys that have that pass on work that I just don't think is going to quite be there for Robinson. Yeah, from the, for the run game, if he, if they're going to run him 22 times against the 49ers, I think they're going to do that against the Browns as well is, is the yeah. angle I'm taking on yep. that one. Uh, let's look at pressure rate. What are some uh, quarterbacks might have all day to throw, quarterbacks that might be under pressure? Eagles O-line continuing to keep their guys upright. You know, we didn't get a clear answer if it's going to be Hurts or Minshew, but I believe we got the report from the beat writer saying Minshew was getting the majority of first-team reps. So the way the Eagles played last week, I mean, they had a fourth-quarter lead. You know, if Dak doesn't hit that miracle third and 30 bomb, the T.Y. Hilton could have been a different result there at the end. And in Minshew's credit, he did drive them down there on the final drive. So really would be surprised if they're going to rush Hurts back in this one. And in that case, I'm fine going back to Bo with Minshew and this group of pass catchers. Also seeing plenty of blue for the Panthers and Buccaneers game. Back couldn't be more against the wall for Brady and company. I know we're always saying, is this going to be the week they get it together? Could not pick a better time at this point, though. I know the Panthers aren't a bad defense by any stretch, but man, how much longer can Mike Evans go without a boom of some sorts? 11 straight games now without a touchdown. His previous high with Brady, 2020-2021, only two games. So maybe just maybe something going on in that Buccaneers game. Yeah, I like uh, Mike Evans. Uh, I think uh, I think it was Reeves uh, on the show he does here at Roto Grinders was on him. So I, I, I looked heavily at Mike Evans and have some uh, props on him this week for sure. Nice. Based off Reeves. Let's go Reeves. Uh, all right, yeah. running game, yards before contact. What's looking good? This uh, Indianapolis one looking pretty juicy. I'll be talking about that in just a second. What else are we looking at in the run game this week? Yeah, good call by you there with uh, Zach Moss, and you'll talk more about it. But yeah, he really has been the defensive lead back now, and seeing it last week with a health with a healthy and active uh, Jordan Wilkins also in the fold just went ahead and reinforced that. So you know it is a Nick Foles led offense, not exactly expecting too many scoring opportunities, but any running back getting fifteen to twenty touches potentially against a Giants defense that I believe is a bottom three unit. Actually, no, they are dead last in fact in yards before contact allowed per carry. Wheels up for Moss. Otherwise, we do have Travis. This ETN and the Detroit Lions popping as pretty good matchups. With ETN, I would just point out, as long as you can get past the whole thing about it does look like the Jaguars are going to be playing their starters for however long they need to. I mean, he's had this slump for a while. He just hasn't scored a touchdown since week nine. But four games back from injury, he's had over 15 touches in all of them, over 70% plus snaps. And he's running well again. I mean, that dude looks like he was freaking born full time with one of those golden mushrooms that you'll find in Mario Kart. Travis ETN against the dead last Houston Texans defense and PPR points for game allowed the position. I know he's pretty chalky this week, but I don't think it's enough to get me off him in cash and tournaments alike. Yeah, I love ETN. I think his prop is at 70 and a half. Uh, I got him on the prop sites at 73. They come out a little earlier. Uh, so the 70 and a half, I will certainly be getting some of that uh, pretty much right after the show. It uh, came out just before. Uh, combined yards per drop back. Uh, passing game. What passing games look primed to explode? It looks like uh, we've got Jared Goff in a dome against Detroit this week. Pop in on this particular bears, uh, but yeah. Here. 
Yeah, against the Bears, but either way, man, but we're talking about two bad defenses. Yeah. That's why it's got the highest game total of the week there. So Goff looking great, Teddy and the Dolphins. I mean, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are top two in the NFL in yards per route run. It's wild how good that passing game has been. And I do think Tua is a part of that, but let's face it, I do tend to think that Tyreek and Waddle are the ones really driving the success in Miami. So even if you don't want to put Teddy as your quarterback and you think there's higher options out there, don't be afraid to have Tyreek and Waddle filling out those wide receiver spots. Talked about the 49ers already. Only other one popping up is the Packers here against the Vikings. And the one thing, Britt, we all seem to be scared and off of Aaron Jones this week because, understandably, the season low marks in touches and snaps last week, even though he didn't have a designation, it's very clear that he is playing through the pain to a major extent. But even with that sentiment with Aaron Jones, we're not seeing A.J. Dillon getting driven up with his projected ownership either, even though he has outscored Jones in two of the past four weeks and is set up very well as a home favorite here. I'm not sure if they're favorite, actually. It's, it's close, but as a home dog, as a home team against the Minnesota Vikings at the very least. So we're not expecting the Vikings to be able to slow down this Packers offense. It has been playing better more weeks than not here recently. So if it's not going to be Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs, really looks like it could be an A.J. Dillon week. All right, let's close it out with the EPA per play. Anything standing out? Uh, we can use this from sports betting. It's had, a, had its ups and downs over the years, but it's always interesting to look at, in my opinion. Yeah, we don't have any uh, actual underdogs here with um, an actual advantage in the, the books are smart. <laughs> they are smart. I guess the one thing that stood out to me, the Giants are one of the biggest, bigger favorites of the, um, just in terms of this, the difference between them and the Colts. The Giants are really heavy on that. So I know they're favored by five and a half, but really is one of those games you mentioned earlier, Britt, about the motivation involved and uh, would say the Giants still inexplicably in the playoffs at home against the Colts. Again, I don't necessarily trust that offense enough to distance themselves from the Colts not one of my bets but that was interesting when it popped out the chart to me is expected points added per play is that the nfl stinks no they're teams oh, basically yeah, it's, it's only a couple of good offenses out here actually adding points on on an average play uh so uh yeah that's going to do it for ian's article you can read this over at pff if you want a more in-depth issue uh, or a more in-depth look at it it does require a subscription uh it is relatively cheap and not only can you read this from ian and all of his other stuff but about a million other articles get access to the player grades that I use for sports betting and props and all that sort of fun stuff as well. All right. Speaking of sports betting, let's jump into, uh, I guess we'll go with our spreads, parlays. I cooked up a couple strange ones last week. I went 4 0 on the show last week. So I'm looking to, to keep it hot here. Unlikely to go back to back 4 0, but a man's got to try. So <laughs> here, here we go. Uh, the first one I'm going to go with is Carolina plus three and a half. Straight up. I've also bet their money line against Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is a league worst against the spread. I'm not. I'm convinced they're not very good. Now, I do like Mike Evans a little bit. I'm praying, hopefully, uh, at least from a couple of props. But their offense isn't great. Something's off with Tom Brady. I don't know. I just don't think Tampa Bay really has it right now. Uh, and I actually think uh, Carolina is coming into this game pretty hot. They might even be the better team. Uh, so I'll, I took the money line on this one. If you don't want the, I think it was up to plus 160. Uh, it has been moving, I believe. Uh, it was at like plus 150, plus 145 for the money line. So I don't know if some money's coming in on Tampa Bay or some smart bets, um, but I'm going to be the idiot and go against that and take Carolina plus three and a half. And if you want to get some plus money, you can go get the money line on that one as well. So that's my straight bet of the week. And then I've cooked up a three-team parlay. So, but Ooh. these are the these. This is an alternate one. So, I, I took the Panthers heat check. This is a heat <laughs> check right here, Brett. This it is. So it's at plus seven and a half. I'm going with the Panthers on this one. I, the Buccaneers are so bad, Ian. I don't know. Like, can they're not a touchdown better than anybody in the league? 
in my opinion right now. So you move that up to plus seven and a half. And then you got the two easiest bets of the week, the Chiefs money line, the 49ers money line. That comes out to an even money bet, basically. So if you just take the Panthers, kick their total up from three and a half to seven and a half, get them over the touchdown, pair it with the two big favorite money lines. Like, I don't know, it's really hard for me to see the 49ers Death Star losing. The Chiefs are on a roll. They're not going to lose this game against, I, I don't know, unless Nathaniel Hackett was literally the worst coach in the history of the NFL. <laughs> it's possible. And whoever else they put in there is some genius in one week and turn this entire offense around. I don't see the Chiefs losing. losing. Uh, so I'm going with that Panthers plus seven and a half paired with the Chiefs and 49ers money line. Get you an even money bet. So that's where I'm at. I'm really like the Panthers plus three and a half as well. You can take their money line, but I'm going with a plus three and a half as my bet for the show. Ian, you like all of that? Is it a heat check? Am I, am I getting wild? Uh, the, the, the wilder the bets for me have been, have been paying off, so I'm just sticking with them. The, the only thing that you can say is like, oh, Vic, this would be the time that Brady turns it on. But based on everything we've seen this year, I mean, it's not going to be there. I mean, I was doing this uh, ranking the NFC playoff quarterbacks, this uh, stream I did at Bleacher Report earlier this week. And I was going just off this year. I had five categories, you know, CPOE, EPA per play, trying to just be very objective, not biased. And Brady graded out as the sixth worst quarterback in the NFC playoff race right now. Like Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy. These guys have all objectively been better. And yeah, if you want to say he always the goat he's going to turn it on okay but i think you're on to something here with carolina especially going over three and a half man it does seem like a bit too high of a line but i have a three here in my own right not going back into the parlay waters got a little cocky after a heat check myself <laughs> last week but i am feeling good about these first of all the chargers and rams battle for los angeles over just 42 and a half points credit to baker mayfield man we've seen him come in and okay i'm not saying he's gonna all of a sudden be the next you know, number one overall pick to help lead Sean McVay's Rams to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But scoring 50 points, even with some defensive assistant there, assistance there, I mean, they looked fantastic in that first half last week. And it's a Chargers defense that, while they do seem to be getting back Joey Bosa, could now be down Derwin James, depending on if he can clear the concussion protocol in time. And on the other side of the ball, we have a Chargers team facing an Aaron Donald-less Rams defense that hasn't quite been the usual version of themselves, except when they're facing, you know, a Broncos team that pretty much rolled over pretty early in that one Justin Herbert with all of his healthy weapons I think is one of the better offenses in the league so just 42 and a half here I think there should be several points higher I also will be taking the Dolphins plus two and a half again with them having everything to play for I do think Teddy is a downgrade from Tua but I still think that he can be good enough to beat a Patriots team where the defense is good albeit you start to look at some of these quarterbacks they faced over the last eight ten weeks they've gotten awfully lucky with backup situations one after another seemingly so I think Teddy in this offense still better than and Mac Jones and that offense give me the Dolphins and then finally the Eagles six and a half against the Saints with Minshew with Jalen Hurts I mean this line would definitely be probably double digits if Jalen Hurts was healthy and ready to go but I still think Minshew is good enough and I think overall this Eagles offensive environment is good enough to cover the six and a half it's a Saints team that maybe doesn't have Alvin Kamara and even if they do have him all they're using him is as an early down plotter not even freaking throwing the man the ball so Chris Olave might be back but it's a hamstring injury who knows I just haven't seen enough from the Saints think that they can cover six and a half on the road, regardless of who the Eagles have under center. I wanted to get an idea of this supporting cast uh, uh, argument, so I basically took every team's rushing, receiving, run blocking, pass blocking, team PFF grades, averaged those out, just left out passing, and the Eagles, predictably, number one supporting cast in the NFL. So really, they have a ton to play for. They want to clinch this one seed, not have to rush Jalen Hurts back in week 18. Give me the Eagles minus six and a half, Dolphins plus two and a half, and Chargers Rams over 42 and a half. 
Okay, so that does it for our straight bets slash parlay slash getting creative. Uh, let's move to some player props. Uh, I am been on fire the whole year on the player props. I've got two for you this week. Uh, they are up on Scores and Odds Premium. I do post a lot of uh, prop betting stuff on the prop sites very early in the week on like Monday afternoon before like sports books even have any lines up at all. Uh, I, I tend to get those out. So if you are looking for some additional uh, bets to make, you can get a Scores and Odds subscription for those. Um, but on the show, I've got two for you. The first is going to be uh, Zach Moss, right? I like that yards before contact. I like that the Giants are giving up the fifth most rushing yards per game against. I like that PFF has the Giants graded as the 28th uh, best rushing defense in the league. Uh, not great. And I like that they're uh, allowing the third highest success rate on runs because I don't, I think Zach Moss is going to need a couple successful runs uh, because I don't know if there's, there's going to be many long breakaways, but it's at 58 and a half. Uh, what do you have? 12. He outtouched Jordan Wilkins 12 to one last week. And the week before that it was 24 to 12 over uh, who was the other guy? Deion Jackson, who didn't even get the ball last week. So he seems to be the, the clear choice right now. It's against the giants at 58 and a half. Even if it's like last week where the game got out of hand pretty quickly and Nick Foles basically gave that game away, I think that's why they're playing Nick Foles again because they want to lose. They could also lose by handing the ball to Zach Moss like 15 to 20 times, I think. I think that works pretty well if you want to lose an NFL football game, but I also think he can get over 58 and a half yards in that case. And even if it's like 10, 11, 12 carries, the Giants' defense is so bad, I think he can even get there on that as well. If they're allowing 3.8 before contact, and he gets 12 carries. He's already there, basically. So I'm, I'm going to ride that 58 and a half. Zach Moss, uh, that's at minus 120 on a couple of different sports books. Uh, that's one of my favorite ones. You're on another player in this next game. Uh, I'll leave that for you. But I'm on Tyler Conklin over 26 and a half. This is my best bet of the week. I maxed out on MGM. I maxed out <laughs> on DraftKings, what they would allow me to get on a player prop on this one. So Conklin, he's gone over this in the last two out of the last three with Mike White starting, but that isn't real, the real reason. The main reason it's Seattle versus tight ends. Um, literally, I went through the game logs of every Seattle game. Every tight end that had a quarterback that was like an alive quarterback, not like the Rams fourth string, you know, quarterback, none of this garbage, and had a tight end that was like a living, breathing version of an actual NFL tight end. Every single one's gone over this year this line. Why can't Tyler Conklin do this? This line is too low. In my opinion, 26 and a half, go get that one. If you're on the prop sites, uh, it's on underdog. I didn't see it on prize picks before the show, uh, but you can mix that with some Zach Moss. Uh, have yourself a, a nice little parlay. Those are my two props of the week. And I absolutely love the Conklin one. Yeah, man. I was screaming about Conklin for a while. Cause ever since like week 11 or 12, I mean, if you guys listen to me on the PFF fantasy pod, we did our, you know, playoff kind of easiest schedule preview and he's been popping for months as having this best stretch. So I know having some Zach Wilson there hasn't exactly made it the boom we were hoping for, but maybe just maybe we at least get this big one in week 17. And I like the Moss call too. I mean, he played 70% of their offensive snaps last <laughs> week and then Jackson was at 16 and Wilkins was at 14. So he is the clear number one back there. I know 12, 
carries doesn't sound like a ton, but I mean, it was 12 of the 13 backfield carries. So God forbid they can't stay in it a little bit more should have all the volume he needs. All right, last week, one and two, still doing all right on the season. But, yeah, had a 59 on J.K. Dobbins, took the over of a 59 and a half, and he finished with 59. So that uh, really sucked there. So I uh, I do like your Moss call. I'm going to tail you on that one officially and hopefully just start, you know, getting some of those wins you've been getting all season, Britt. Why the hell? (laughs) Whatever it takes. (laughs) Whatever it takes. All right. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Garrett Wilson over 66 and a half receiving yards in three games of Mike White. Again, these are the ones that I feel most confident because we're taking a split that is applicable now. And I think it's a prop bet that's based more so on some games with Zach Wilson involved as well. So three games with Mike White, five catches, 95 yards, two tutties, eight catches, 162 yards and six catches, 78 yards. So he's cleared this easily in those three games of Mike White. And even without Mike White, even with some Zach Wilson in there, he has cleared that mark with relative ease in six of his last eight games. So I love that over for Garrett James Conner also anytime touchdown plus 125 over at bet MGM since coming back from injury he has scored a touchdown in six of seven games he has seven touchdowns total in that stretch and it's just the freaking volume he's getting here he is right now the most every down back that we have in the NFL I mean, he's played 90 percent plus snaps and five of those seven games including four straight so like during any given week you'll see three maybe four at the most like five running backs clear 80 percent snaps James Conner right now is easily hitting that 90% mark in an offense that unfortunately is going to have to be going to who we got. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, it's not even uh, McCoy's not coming back. Uh, wow. David, David Blau. Yeah. Bing the, the, ba- Bing the, magic Blau. Man. the magic man. Yeah. We had that lion star in Thanksgiving a few, a few years ago, of course. So I know that isn't great, but if there is anyone that's going to score in Arizona would think it's going to be James Connor. So Connor touchdown, Garrett Wilson over 66 and a half and Brits Zach Moss over 58 and a half call. I got. I uh, just went and got Garrick Wilson. He's sixty-five and a half on DraftKings. He's on the move on all the other sports books. He's over. Uh, I think it was sixty-seven and sixty-eight. So if you want to get that head over to DraftKings right now, I would imagine they catch up and move the line relatively soon on that. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap it up for the props. If you enjoyed that talk, you can head over to Scores and Odds. You can get not just mine. Ian doesn't do anything over there, but there's uh, I think I, I don't know a hundred people. Not really, but there's a lot of people here at Roto Grinders that contribute to Scores and Odds every week in football. There's probably 35 or four different bets up there, not to mention daily for basketball and all that other fun stuff. And if you just want to check, hey, where is that best line for Garrett Wilson? Where did I go? I went to scores on us to do that. That is free. You don't need a subscription for that either. Uh, all right, let's go to DFS. Uh, always fun. I uh, had myself a very nice uh, DraftKings team 
uh, TJ Hawkinson leading the way uh, as a low tight end ran him in cash. Uh, I was up near the top and just about everything looking to repeat that this week. What are we doing at the quarterback position? We've got a couple chibis. We've got Jared off. We've got Gardner Minshew. Let's pretend he plays. Do you have a preference between those two? And then if you're in the mid to high tier, do you have someone you like there? I lean towards golf just because I'm just, I think the lions passing game, I'm more confident it's going to be condensed around Amon Ross St. Brown. Cause it has been all season long with Philly. I mean, I get it. They're all awesome, but one of AJ Brown, Devonte Smith or Dallas Goddard could just not be featured that week. And then you're kind of left standing there. So also completely see where people will be going with Minshew. And I like them in tournaments as well. Again, I'm on Eagles six and a half, but I would take golf among those two guys. Just, just shouldn't be this cheap, man. What he's been able to do really the entire season, especially during the early first four games and now over the past four, six weeks when he's had a healthy supporting cast, which he still has. So I don't see the need to get all the way up to Justin Fields or Mahomes or any of these guys very comfortable with golf at 5.6K. Yeah, and you know, I just expect at home against uh, the Bears, yeah. this looks like a, a really nice spot. And you mentioned with the supporting cast, Swift is healthier uh, we've got Shark is in there. Williams may see an uptick in snaps. We'll see. They don't really need him. Uh, they're feeding him on Ross St. Brown. Uh, I like the golf call quite a bit. Uh, if we like, how about for tournaments? If we, if I like Tyler Conklin and you like Garrett Wilson, and I, I bet both of them, why not Mike White at low own? We've got him under, what, 5% right now on Rotor Grinders, it looks like. He looks like a nice, sneaky tournament play off of the Jared Goff, off of the Gardner Minshew sort of price range. Uh, I think White in a tournament looks pretty good. I'm very cool with Mike White. Let's see here. I mean, he posted two top eight finishes, and then he, yeah, he bottomed out with the QB 22 game against the Bills when he freaking had the rib injury in the first place and kept trying to play through it. So if you do just look at those two healthy games, he certainly had himself a couple days out there. The only other quarterback that I would be saying don't forget about is another one coming off the bench here, Carson Wentz. Three top six finishes when he was under center early on in the year. So I know some of those were blowout-induced, and he was just coming back, and the defense is playing well enough to think that they can you know contain Deshaun Watson and make this more of a Brian Robinson game and I get it that's why Brian Robinson is certainly cash game viable and he should be being projected a lot but when we're trying to get a little different in tournaments what better way to go off that chalk than to attack this Washington passing game that again we know has the talent and we've seen it on multiple occasions with Wentz under center and a perfectly winnable matchup here against the Cleveland Browns who don't have a good run defense and they don't really have a good pass defense either at this point so only other note would be Britt I mean we know the Bears and Lions are or is the easiest like chalk shootout game what would be the other matchup that you think could really boom because you know browns washington i, I don't really see this being this back and forth high scoring affair but we got the jets seahawks vikings packers rams chargers any special feel on those maybe jets since you're riding with mike white uh i do like the jets seattle that it's tough to see seattle really putting up a ton of points but i i do like this jets offense and seattle gino so you know he was very good to the start in the middle of the year and they've slowly fallen off. I don't think Geno Smith was ever going to be that great, but I don't know. Maybe that could get there. I like the green Bay, Minnesota game. Uh, I like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was at what, like two, I think it was at two thirty on prize yeah. picks when I was getting some props on him. But I, I think that game could be pretty sneaky and it, at least from the Minnesota side, you, you know, where's it, it's going to be Hawkinson. It's going to be Jefferson. Um, it is for is 425 a primetime game that that is not a primetime game correct so <laughs> we should get a good Kirk Cousins uh, those would probably be my two I think yeah looking at it I don't really see I don't expect Russell Wilson and that Denver team to be able to match go to toe-to-toe -to -toe with Kansas City um, 
I will say on Seattle, lot. yeah, real quick on Seattle, like it's definitely going to be tough for Metcalf on the outside against yeah. Sauce and their whole group. But Noah Fant at tight end, Will Disley got put on IR this week. I mean, if there ever was going to be a game to maybe expect Fant to boom a little bit and going off the other side, that Tyler Conklin of not super chalk, but, you know, just kind of getting some exposure that way. Don't hate that. I got another one. If Houston's been playing good, what about this Jacksonville-Houston game? I know Houston's what? They're yeah. 9-0 and against Jacksonville. Uh, I think in, in their last nine games, they, they beat them every time. They play them tough. And I, I think Jacksonville is going to be able to put up some points here. And I at think a minimum, be a Brandon, At a minimum, Brandon Cooks at 4.8K. I mean, he had yeah. a touchdown last week. He had another one that was a sick double move, 33-yarder that got called back on like a illegal shift in a hole, but like it didn't actually impact the play he made out there. So healthy Brandon Cooks, man, if we know they're going to be force-feeding him targets, which they at least were last week and usually have over the years now when he's been healthy, uh, Cooks with a Trevor Lawrence bring back, getting off the ETN chalk, I like it. All right, this is a uh, a season-long question for you because I know you're in those streets and I know some of our listeners are. I'm going to twist it up for you. I, I have a team in the finals. I have Derek Ooh. Carr as my, as my quarterback. I had Derek what? Henry. I have oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, yeah. yeah, I had <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, Derek Henry. Right. This is this is like my team going into the finals. It's, it's I'm going to get slaughtered. Should we move our fantasy finals back to week 16? No, I don't think so, because then no. we're going to have so many bye weeks in week 14. So optimally, the NFL could stop bye weeks at week 13, but I don't think they're going to change that for no. fantasy football purposes. But I don't know, man. I think the bye weeks in the first round would be far more annoying because like, that'd be like a realistic concern to draft, you know, if McCaffrey had a freaking week 14 bye or something like that. So I think week 17 is still fine. I mean, yeah, it hasn't worked out here, but we don't see anyone like – I guess the Titans are being cautious with Derrick Henry, but like they did this a couple years ago as well in a similar situation before we had the 18-game uh, season. Then he went bonkers in the uh, final week there. So I think it's just, uh, you know, certainly unfortunate for some people like you, Britt, but we're not seeing like tons of teams resting their starters and like not doing anything about it. So I as think it's probably more, fun. As you add more games, the games at the end of the season, they, you can go further into the season. Yeah. And start benching your players because there's less to play for. I don't know. It's a, interesting. I don't think anyone other than me would actually want that, but I'm, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm a little ticked off about it. So uh, if yeah, any of you guys are on YouTube watching, let me know. Click the like button. Uh, just interesting if you play season long. Uh, a thought for some of you. How the hell do you make the make the finals with Derek Carr as your quarterback? That's the wildest thing going uh, on here. Josh, well, Josh Jacobs is on that team too. So uh, who knows what uh, who knows what he's gonna do? So it's like the whole t- the whole team's up in there. Anyway. Uh, let's jump to the running back position and where have all these running backs we want to play them in all season long again. Cause there are like what, 10, 12 different running backs where I, I want this every week. Well, maybe not. I don't want this many. I want like six I can choose from because <laughs> having as many as we do this week that basically have the workload all to themselves due to injuries and things like that, that are, have reasonably, reasonably good matchups that are good players is a lot, right? We've got CMC at the top at 9K, right? If you're going to pay up against the Raiders, why wouldn't you want to play CMC? Look for him to have a really nice bounce back week. In the mid tier, you've got guys like James Conner, although I don't know. I think I'm going to sour on Conner a little bit. It, if DeAndre Hopkins has a knee issue all of a sudden and David Blau starting, I think Arizona is up to some trickery in terms of some of their players playing this week. So I might sour on Conner just a little bit. You go down just a little bit more. You got Kenneth Walker against the Jets, Miles Sanders against the Saints. You've got ETN. You've got 
uh, Algier. You've just got a plethora, not even Brian Robinson, a plethora of all these mid-tier plays. Do you need to reach for the CMC, the Saquon Barkley's, or can you sort of fill in with these low to mid-tier type plays? I think there's plenty in the low and mid-tier. And while Stevenson is probably, you know, the only true three-down pass catcher of the group, as we saw last week, I mean, it's not like that's a complete guarantee even for him each and every week. So that's my only concern with it because a lot of these names are not necessarily going to be getting the most pass-down work. Algier, just because the Falcons don't really throw the ball much, period. But also CPAT and Avery Williams are going to be the guys catching it there. With Brian Robinson already talked about, Jonathan Williams. We've seen it with Miles Sanders being an issue all year and even Travis Etienne. So it's one of those things where, yeah, in tournaments, I think the good move is to kind of avoid this group because we do have a lot of more one-dimensional running backs and on a full PPR site like DraftKings want to be taking advantage of the more three-down, true three-down guys that are costing us more money. But in cash, riding with the chalk, I think it's fine because it does fit pretty nicely, again, uh, around that golf Amon Ross St. Brown stack. And we can still get some solid wide receivers in our own right. So I do think there are some good moves to be able to pivot off of these guys. And you don't even have to get too too pricey to do it again uh because of how much value there is in the five six k range Britt, we talk about it pretty much every week just naturally if you want to get more of a tournament lineup just kind of go away from that and do more of a rags to riches approach there but i do think dave montgomery 6.9k it's still not breaking your bank and it's the one guy really that's going to be getting featured in this matchup that we all know is going to score a ton of points who isn't turning out to be super chalky so yes khalil herbert is back but guess what it didn't even really change what was happening in chicago and it hasn't changed all season. Montgomery is their lead back. He's going to see 15 to 20 touches, and he's in an offense. We're expecting to score plenty of points. So I know Khalil Herbert, higher yards per carry, and he's solid, but it's a similar dynamic to like Pollard and Zeke where, no, the Bears haven't caught up and made it 50-50 like Dallas, but Montgomery, like Zeke, probably a little bit better than we give him, and he's certainly capable of falling into the end zone a couple times when he's on an offense, moving the ball up and down the fields. And then also mentioned this earlier, but if we're all kind of afraid of Aaron Jones and if he's going to be playing why not go to AJ Dillon at 5.8k at home against a Vikings defense that we've seen be had over and over again here throughout the second half of the year yeah I like that call quite a bit for AJ Dillon especially if if Aaron Jones plays you know if he gets banged up in game or even if he's just limited at all Dillon has the ability to what multiple touchdowns he's catching the ball recently so I think Dillon is a really nice swerve in in tournaments this week if you're looking for a low on running back uh, all right, let's go to the wide receiver position. Uh, if we like Jared Goff, we've got his top uh, receiver, Mr. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, currently projected, I've got the blitz pulled up here at Reinders. Uh, as he, the blitz has him with more fantasy points than Justin Jefferson this week. <laughs> I don't know if that's stretching it a little bit, but he's obviously going to be in the cashing consideration for the blitz. He's 7,800. He's getting, you know, massive targets, massive receptions. They're not downfield targets like Justin Jefferson, but to get all of that on the full PPR of DraftKings looks pretty nice. Yeah, just so tough to get off him, man. He has one non-injury, like, induced game this year with under six receptions. Like, that's just so many free fantasy points. Got to stay with the sun god. Already talked about Garrett Wilson plenty with the props, so I'm also in on him at just 5.5K. If you can't get up to Chris Goblin, I think that's fine. Similar to Amon Ross St. Brown. He only has one non-injury game this season where he was held under six receptions. So, just complete PPR monsters. And the third one we have, who is also just getting force-fed targets, maybe not the D, 
deepest ones, but we're getting that full point regardless. Keenan Allen still only 7K, and ever since he's been back, man, really been performing well. PPR wide receiver 19, 22, 11, 9, 19, and 9. As we saw last week, literally about a half an inch away when he stepped out of bounds from probably having, you know, a top three, top four finish on the week. So since he returned in week 11, it's been the Keenan Allen show. Now, Mike Williams has been banged up a little bit in this stretch, but it's Keenan Allen 63 targets, Josh Palmer 40, Austin Eckler 38, and then we got the rest of the guys after that. So really, we've seen Austin Eckler save a lot of his fantasy performances with those touchdowns here in recent weeks. Make no mistake about it, Keenan Allen is Justin Herbert's go-to number one option. Yeah, you put all the targets together, but just to make it more clear, in his last four games, 14 targets, 9, 14, and 14. So that's <laughs> I think a, a little bit clearer for in a, in a per game that is some unreal uh, amount of targets that Keenan Allen has been getting. Uh, all right, we want to get a little different. I'm pulling up the projected ownership here behind the scenes. I'm looking for maybe a couple sub-5% owned wide receivers. Uh, Brandon Ayuk looks pretty nice if he's going to yep. be a little bit lower owned. Uh, let's see here. Not going to play. If hop, if no, I'm, I'm not going to mess around with any Arizona Dorch? players. Uh, Dorch. Yeah. Dorch is probably interesting. They'll, they'll play him. He he's like, he's going to be like the, the best free agent wide receiver this year. We're going to be interesting to see where he goes. It's been annoying. Us. It's been annoying us because like, we wish there was Rondale more, but dude, I looked at, if you combine Dorch and Rondale's fantasy points, they'd be the wide receiver 22 this season. So like, I know we can't do that, unfortunately, but with Rondale out of the picture, Hopkins likely leaving. I mean, we saw them just force the ball at Dorch last week, like they have throughout the season. So literally stone cold men, three K. I mean, I probably wouldn't put them in a cash game lineup. Cause again, this Cardinals team could possibly have like a hundred 50 total yards of offense but really if he's not going to be booming up and maybe he will start getting uh catching on a little bit more if hopkins is in fact ruled out but man just 3k i'm cool with that yeah just wait and see uh you know we're doing this on friday things are going to be a lot more in tune saturday sunday tune into the shows here at roto grinders especially on sunday morning most of the tomfoolery that these teams are pulling will be exposed by then hopefully by adam schefter or somebody else overnight going into sunday morning uh, if you want all that news uh, just tune in on Sunday morning. We're doing the best we can on Friday. Usually we have most of the information, but late in the season, uh, it gets a little iffy. Um, yeah, we heard that uh, Dobbs saying, like, he found out on Saturday after the game that he was going to be starting this week. It's like, yeah, it would have been nice uh, to hear that from literally anyone before, you know, five hours before game time, but <laughs> is what it is. A couple more uh, wide receivers I do like in tournaments. Juju Smith-Schuster, someone that still is sitting in the 5K range, even though we've seen him be a wide receiver one more times than not here over his last six to eight healthy games. So three weeks ago, nine catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown against his defense. And that was still the good trying version of this Broncos defense. I don't even blame them for pretty much mailing in the season last week based on everything that has gone wrong this season, but also wouldn't say purely firing Nathaniel Hackett is going to cause that defense to get back to looking like that juggernaut. So I like Juju in that mid-tier. Donovan Peoples-Jones, only 4.7K. We've seen him have some already solid performances with Deshaun Watson. And again, Watson, while he has been playing great, even with the context of some of those drops, has a potential to at least enable one or two of these wide receivers and or David Njoku. Also, Drake London, man, ever since they lost Kyle Pitts, they have been willing to feed him some targets. 12, 11, 9 in his last three games. Three top 26 finishes at the position with a wide receiver 14 finish last week. So I'm cool with London, another guy you can get under 5K. And then finally, Curtis Samuel, just 4.4K. 
So they were using him more overall earlier in the season. We had a pretty early Jahan Dotson hamstring injury, which made it uh, easier as well. But you look at those targets in the first six, seven games. I mean, Curtis Samuel was the wide receiver one in terms of opportunity, even ahead of Terry McLaurin. So again, Carson Wentz has had some boom games and seeing Samuel just 4.4K, real opportunity for him to see seven, eight targets on top of a couple of rush attempts as well. Yeah, Dotson too, he's had quite the hot streak here. Do you like, if you're playing Carson Wentz, you want to, Play two receivers, one. Uh, you probably got to use two of them, right? Dotson I think you can go two. I think you can go two. What Dotson, do you think of Dotson Samuel, with, Samuel what do you Terry? Think of Dotson with, with Wentz? You got any numbers on how he how he did in games with Wentz this year? The pro- he had a, he had some, uh, I think he had three touchdowns the first two weeks of the season. He just hurt, he's had a, several hamstring injuries this year, so he unfortunately didn't get to play that entire stretch. But really, it was way more. With Wentz under center, it's a 1A, 1B, 1C type of situation. And with Heineke, it was much more Terry McLaurin, and then everyone else will see who gets the football. So I don't want to completely throw away Terry here. I mean, I do think he's going to be the one facing, though, shadow coverage from Denzel Ward. It's not something that the Browns have made a habit of doing a ton over the years but recent weeks they have been deploying him far more often in shadow coverage he hasn't been incredible he's lost some of those battles jamar chase went for over 120 made him work for it though so i will say from a pure you know on field matchups perspective probably is curtis samuel and dotson with the better spots all right let's go to tight end uh, a couple guys i'm looking at one is definitely conklin he's at 2.9k on DraftKings. And if I like that over on his receiving props, I think that line is probably a good five to 10 yards lower than what I would set it at if I own a sports book. Now, I don't own a sports book, so just take, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take that yeah. for what it is. Uh, but Conklin looks pretty juicy if he's going to get, you know, five, six, seven targets, something like that. And I think there's a possibility for even more. I think he had eight and nine in two of the three games with Mike White in a game against Seattle where Seattle can't stop tight ends. That looks pretty good. It allows you to get good running backs. Uh, you can still go cheap at quarterback, and then maybe you're able to get the Keenan Allen. Maybe you're able to get the Amon Ross St. Brown in there if you go cheap at tight end. I always like going cheap when I can. So that looks pretty juicy to me. Love Conklin. What are you looking at? Like the Conklin call, and yeah, Hawkinson's still a little bit too cheap as well. I do think that uh, in cash, Conklin is for sure cheapest you want to go. I don't love not having Mike White, but having Garrett and uh, Conklin in the cash game lineup. You don't have to have Garrett, though, and I will say probably as you know we get more into the weekend, Garrett might not be optimal cons- considering the cash savings you can get with Conklin. Because after Conklin, I think you have to go pretty much all the way up to a David Njoku or 4.1K, uh, Tyler Higby or an Evan Ingram. I did see that Higby is going to be questionable, I believe, with a knee injury that popped up. So, you know, don't love it if he is going to be banged up. That said, the issues we've seen with Higby have been these certain weeks where they really use him more as a blocker, and that hasn't been the case at all with Baker Mayfield under center. He leads the team in targets. He's playing like 90% plus of the snaps and accordingly the routes as well. So with Higby, as long as he's out there, man, potentially going up against the Derman James' Chargers defense, I do think he could have one of those big weeks. So again, the guys that stuck out to me more so than any, the Joku, Higby, and you know, Ingram's there at 4.4. Okay, so if you do want to in tournaments again, attack that Jaguars offense, maybe with the Brandon Cooks bring back. You don't necessarily have to do multiple receivers in that Jaguars offense. You can do one paired with Ingram. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for this week's show. We will be back next week and hopefully at least a week or two into the playoffs as well. That is TBD. Uh, we would appreciate it if you click the like button on the way out. If you're watching this on YouTube or on replay, it uh, helps other people find access uh, to this great show and uh, helps Ian get more exposure on Twitter. You can find him at iHeartits. You can find me at uh, Brit underscore divine. 
that's about all we got. I uh, hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Have a safe and happy new year. Go Buckeyes. See you in 2023, everybody. For Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, and we out you. 